it may be a really smart idea to invest in a smart home. According to Statista, the number of smart homes are expected to surpass 350 million by the end of 2023. Smart speakers are the most widely known market segment which were installed in homes in 2020. Statista estimates there were approximately 320 million installed. The size of the install base is expected to double by 2024. Andrew Vallier knows all about smart homes. He's the president and founder of Uplink, where they work. They work with home builders, developers, home and business owners, and they specialize in creating award-winning smart homes in the greater Toronto area. Valleyus created a process known as the Git Method, which allows home builders to create award-winning smart homes in order to capitalize on the next generation of home buyers. He joined me this week to talk everything smart homes, why it's becoming an emerging option for so many Canadians, and why he says it's the wave of the future for many more people to make a smart investment by investing in a smart home. I'm Kevin McShad. Let's have this conversation. Take a moment to welcome you to the program, and I'm super excited to talk uh, smart homes with you this afternoon. Great to see you, and happy Canadian Thursday, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So, Andrew, I know that your life is all about helping home builders uh, build uh, smart homes so that they can take advantage of the next generation of buyers, buddy. So tell me about all the great work that you do. Yeah, so um, we work with home builders, um, you know, whether it's customs home, custom homes or like a, a subdivision. And um, we, we consult with the builders' clients to sort of build smart homes from the ground up. So, um, for example, Kevin, if you, if you were buying a home from one of the builders we work with, uh, just like how you pick your, you know, your countertops and the kind of paint colors that you want, you would also get to talk to um, one of my technicians at Uplink, and we would guide you towards uh, putting any smart home technology in your home. And that's really the best time to do it because then we can hide all the cabling inside the wall behind the drywall and, and do the neatest job possible. Uh, and then you can also, as a benefit, it just sort of becomes part of the mortgage for the home. So it's not something you really have to pay for out of pocket. And, uh, 
it really, it really gives us the cleanest and neatest result possible when we do it that way. Um, and then we sort of take it as like, you know, Kevin, what's your dream? What sort of smart home tech would be, would be something that you're really interested in and, and you'd like to use. And then we, we, uh, you know, some people say crazy ideas and we're like, wow, that's not really possible, but like we could do this and it would be close. Um, or, or we go, wow, I don't even know if that's possible. Let me do some research and I'll let you know if we can do something like that. So, um, it's kind of a co-creation between me and the client. Absolutely. And tell me, Andrew, about uh, being located in Toronto and sort of the strategic advantages that provides you as well, buddy. Yeah. So um, some of the advantages there is that like, uh, you know, half of uh, Canada's population almost lives in the GTA. So there's lots of homes here. Uh, there's lots of homes being built. Like apparently we need to build a million homes in Ontario by the end of the decade to give home security to people living in Ontario, uh, just because so many people want to live in the GTA. So there's no shortage of clients for us to find. And um, there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of money in the GTA. Like there's, there's a lot of really beautiful big homes being built and people have budgets for things like smart home technology. So that's definitely a strategic advantage because I find, um, you know, the, the want is there. There's a lot of people here and, and there seems to be people with the, with the money to be able to do it as well. Well, that always helps when the checks clear the bank, don't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and tell me, Andrew, I'm curious to ask your opinion on uh, sort of the few future of the industry and why do you think smart homes are becoming so popular, particularly in uh, Canada, buddy? Yeah, um, so I think they're becoming really popular because we're, we're at really, um, we're at a really neat time in history where the, uh, we're kind of in a generational shift right now. And the, the next generation of home buyers is, going to be millennials like myself and um, we're, we're already buying homes and I'm noticing my clientele are getting younger. And as you get into the millennial generation, the interest in technology increases. So, you know, when surveyed in, in some of the um, surveys I've read, 80% of millennials say they 100% want smart home technology in their homes. And, uh, the generation after them, uh, I think it's Gen Z, 100% of them want smart home technology in their home. So it's really an advantage for uh, buyers now, or sorry, builders now to start incorporating the ability to create smart homes now. And then you're going to actually differentiate yourself from the competitors and um, you'll be even more prepared for, uh, you know, the day when every single client you have is going to demand smart home technology in the homes that they're buying. So, yeah, absolutely. Buddy. And I know that you created something called the gift method. So, uh, you work with home builders, as you said, to, yeah. uh, uh, make building smart homes a lot, uh, more efficient so that you can, take advantage of the next generation of buyers. So tell me about the method and why you came up with it, Bob. Yeah, so um, I, I went through this uh, business accelerator program called Dent. And 
um, one of the things that they really pushed me to do, because I, I was kind of like, I do Wi-Fi, I do security cameras, I do TVs, I do audio. And I just sort of said I did a bunch of different things. And it, my, my branding message wasn't very clear. And so he said, like, you know, Andrew, you need to create like a method and a process to, to make the idea of a smart home something that's sort of broken up and simple to understand for our clients. So I created the get method, which is um, the incorporates the seven different categories that exist in a smart home. So you have like get connected, which is like your network and Wi-Fi. You have get secure, which is like security and alarm and in devices like sensors, like water leak sensors, it'll give you information on the status of your home. Then you have like get smart, which includes things like thermostats, garage door openers, like irrigation systems. Um, you have then get uh, bright, which is like lighting and shades. Uh, then you have get groovy, which is like home audio. And then you have get entertained, which is things like home theater and whatnot. So, um, you know, if you say came to me, Kevin, and you said, Andrew, I want a theater in my basement. Well, um, the reason why I set the signature method up like I did is like every theater needs good Wi-Fi. It needs a good connectivity to the Internet. If you came to me and you had like no signal in your basement in the room where you wanted the theater, well, I would say, OK, Kevin, this is great that you want a theater in here. But we also have to get some Internet into this room so that you're streaming a movie and it's not buffering on you and you can't watch it. Um, so, so that's really why I designed it that way. Cause the first thing people need to think about is um, the network that they have in their home, because that's the foundation on which all your smart home technology is going to communicate. And uh, you know, this just took, this just took me looking at the space and looking at um, how these things are being built and, and um, really seeing that uh, a lot of customers are confused. A lot of customers, uh, you know, get manipulated by the tech industry. And um, I wanted to, you know, bring some transparency and some honesty and to create systems that are going to work super well long after the installation is done. So the get method is like how we, how we uh, do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Andrew, as I shared with you earlier, buddy, I'm all about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's really important to me, particularly, particularly because I have a disability, so I'm always yeah. looking to be more inclusive. So tell me, how do you think uh, smart homes can be adapted to serve folks with uh, disabilities in your body? Yeah. Um, so I think a really, a really powerful way that could be utilized um, is, uh, you know, in the, if I'm thinking back historically, like I, I remember doing a project with my brother before any of this Alexa and Google stuff even existed. And it was for a woman who was paralyzed from the neck down. And the only way that she could um, communicate with her home was through a computer that she had attached to her wheelchair and she could drive the wheelchair like with her something in her mouth it was pretty pretty interesting and um it was like the best thing that was available at the time and i think this was probably 15 15 or 16 years ago and it allowed her to like uh unlock her front door um if somebody was there, we had cameras set up for her so that she could see who it was so that she couldn't, you know, cause she's obviously very um, 
vulnerable that if she let somebody in her home, um, there's no way she could do anything about, about them being in there if it was somebody she didn't want. So she needed security um, and control over who got into her home. And she had caretakers coming. And so we wanted to be able to give them easy access to the home as well. But it was expensive because she had to use like commercial grade products at the time, like something you'd see on an apartment building or something. So I think nowadays what's great is that a lot of the stuff has become a lot more affordable and it allows you to uh, control things in your home just using your voice. Uh, so you know, one of the cool things that I would say is like, I don't, I don't actually interact with my light switches very often in my home. Um, if I'm, if I'm in my living room, I just say, you know, Alexa, living room lights 50% and they just come on at a dimmed level. You know, uh, if somebody knocks on my door and I'm like cutting food in the kitchen, well, they, they pop up on a screen in my kitchen and I can see who's there. And then I can say, echo, unlock the front door. And then it's like, what's your voice code? And I'm like, it's, one, six, five, nine. And then it unlocks my door for them and they can come in. Um, I have a cleaning lady who comes to my house every two weeks. She has her own code for the door that allows her to come in and, and notifies me. Shana has unlocked the front door. So like, I think there are conveniences that don't require you to have, um, you know, I don't have to walk over to my front door. If mobility is an issue, I can, I can unlock it for somebody or, Say if you have um, somebody coming who helps you in your home, you could have a specialized code for them that keeps track of the comings and goings of your front door. Um, if you have the ability to, you know, communicate, well, then you know, using voice commands is a, is another way that you can control your home. Uh, so I think those those are some cool ways that it can help people with disabilities, and I think like even having the home respond to you. So like when you go into a room. Um, the lights recognize that you're there and they just turn on for you, you know, um, to give you freedom of movement without having to go over to these specific spots that may be difficult to get to. Yeah. So I was just saying that like, um, if, if like mobility is an issue, having the ability to voice command certain things in the home is, is really great for that. And also, and then if say like the ability of, of talking is, is, is an issue, well then like um, you can do things like set up motion detectors that would have the room respond to occupancy. So say you go into the living room and, and then it just says like, okay, somebody's in here. So the lights actually just turn on. Um, and then when the room detects that nobody's there for five minutes, well then the lights just turn off. You know, so you can create a home that just responds to the occupant rather than you having to necessarily, um, you know, go over and touch every light switch in every room or, or whatever. And then, and like, also, uh, if there's a caregiver that's involved, you could do something like give them a special access code that, um, you know, keeps a log of, of when they're coming and going into the home. So, uh, that would be a way and they would have their own code that isn't necessarily the primary code and say it only opens at certain days and certain times. Or um, I have a cleaning lady, for example, and every two weeks her code is available and when she comes in and I don't have to be home to let her in. She doesn't need a key for my house. She just has her own unique access code. Um, so I think like creating homes that respond to you, homes that are aware of like your, your specific tastes and needs is, definitely a way that they can make them easier to live in. Um, not just for, for, uh, 
people are disabled, but anyone or anyone who is uh, living in the home, like I think it's a new concept that like homes can respond to us and know what we like is, is a really cool thing for, for anybody. And, and it also helps the elderly as you get older, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, I think like with the generation now, I find that, that when I pitch them, they're a little bit scared of the tech because it's like, I remember talking to one of it, like a doorbell camera and then a touch screen in the kitchen and then like a door lock. And they were a bit like intimidated by that. But I think as you know, the, after the baby boomers generation, the next generation that are, that are uh, going to get old and, uh, and need this stuff, they're going to be more, um, uh, what's the word? They're going to be more inclined to want to use it for sure. More yeah, familiar. I, yeah, absolutely. And for every home builder that may be watching or listening to this, I'm curious to ask you about if they don't know anything about uh, building a smart home and what goes into it, what do you think is the best way uh, for someone to get started? Yeah, so I think like, um, you know, obviously you, you want to have somebody who is like me that knows this stuff really well and can kind of consult them and guide them to the right decision. Um, I work with several different home builders and they all have their own flavors and tastes and products that they like to use. So, uh, they, cause they know their clients, right? So, um, I think, I think it's not necessarily that they need to know this stuff. They just need to know someone who that they trust who knows it well, which is would be where I fit in. Just like they have a plumber, just like they have an electrician that they rely on and trust, you need a smart home guy that you rely on and trust. Typically now what they do is they they're they're just getting their electricians to do some of this stuff, which you know, no offense to electricians isn't a great idea because electricians aren't smart home integrators. They they run wire and they think about the electrical distribution in the home, uh, which is which is really a, its own complicated job unto itself. So, um, getting a smart home guy that their company that is going to advise them well and and you know have integrity and give them good information is a great place to start. Uh, and I would also advise them to heavily scrutinize who they get to do this because, unfortunately, I think in my industry, there's a lot of cowboys that, uh, you know, they don't have, you don't have to have credentials to be a smart home company like you do to be an electrician or, or, or a carpenter or, or, or a plumber. Um, so there's a lot of guys who say that they're smart home experts and they're actually not. Um, and then you have, you know, companies like Rogers and Bell who say that they've got amazing smart home systems, but in my opinion, their smart home systems actually suck and they're not very good. But because they have this big name like Rogers attached to it, home builders get kind of sold that, oh, you know, these guys must know what they're doing. But um, really it's, it's, uh, it's a confusing and misleading industry. So I would tell them to like really scrutinize who they're talking to. Don't believe everything they hear and, and, you know, do their research and talk to three different companies because um, it's, it's uh, unfortunately I see a lot of people get taken advantage of in this space. And if, if just like you wouldn't put um, you know, a sink in the home that was going to chip and crack and not work very well a year after the client lives there, 
Well, the same goes for the technology that you put in the home. Like if you're, if you're putting in crappy products um, because it may be, you know, the, some company gave you a good deal. Well, what's the end user experience going to be like for the people who live there? Is it going to be good? Are they going to be like, this home's great. There's smart home technology and it's improved my life. Or are they going to be like, why the hell did I even pay for this? And, and often the, the, the feelings that people have when I encounter them, it's like, what the hell did I pay for? And well, why did I pay for it? And then we have to, you know, reverse engineer them into a system that actually works. So um, yeah, I would say ask questions, uh, get a lot of clarity and talk to more than one company because uh, the tech industry is confusing, it's misleading, and a lot of people get taken advantage of. It's all, all, all about putting a puzzle, a puzzle together, isn't it? Absolutely, man. Just like building a house is confusing and you gotta, you got to know what you're doing. It's the same thing with the smart home tech. It's, it's got to be done well. Yeah, absolutely. And Andrew, tell me, I've got a two-part question for you. I asked you earlier about the advantages for home builders, but I'm also um, interested to ask you about the advantages for homeowners and real estate agents as well as they're trying to sell uh, smart homes. It makes their job easier. And what sort of advantages come from owning a smart home as well from a practical perspective. Yeah, so I would say like, um, it's kind of a new concept as far as like, from a realtor perspective, I'm gonna imagine that one of the things they're gonna be concerned about is resale value. And I don't think smart homes are necessarily considered a resale thing uh, that's on par with like upgrading your kitchen or upgrading your bathroom. However, I do believe that that opinion is changing. And I know for a fact that a home that has smart home technology in it is going to be more highly regarded than one that isn't. Uh, like you're wrong if you don't think that that's true. And um, if I put uh, a $30,000 smart home system in a home, and it's done to the high standards that uh, my company does them to, it's definitely going to improve the value of that home because it's going to improve the living experience for the people who buy it. Um, so, so like, you know, when you, when you live in a smart home, I mean, some of the things that are amazing is you have like ultimate control and convenience for your home. Um, like when I go over to my friend's houses and I actually have to turn on their light switches, I'm just like, yeah, like you guys have to touch your light switches. What the hell's the matter with you? You know? And, and so there's, there's this like, I, because I've experienced it, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the old way of doing things. Like I'm even in hotel rooms and I'm like, Alexa. And I'm like, Oh my God, she's not here. What am I going to do? <laughs> and, and so um, it's, it's really, it's really like, ultra convenient. You know, when my alarm clock goes off in the morning, the blinds open in my room, my light turns on on a very dim setting. I have like spa music play on my radio. And then, and then it tells me what the weather is like, what my commute is like, and what are the first four things on my calendar for that day. And like, I've become used to that. Why, like I, I, why would I go for anything different now? You know, and so um, it gives you this extra layer of convenience in your life that I think is really great. Um, also, like, you know, 
protecting your home is something that uh, you get insurance discounts for with smart home technology because they recognize that somebody who has a smart smoke detector, security cameras, and an alarm system in their home is doing a great job protecting one of the biggest assets that they probably have. You know? I, yeah, absolutely. And you know, Andrew, it's about uh, making your life more efficient and effective, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's totally true. Totally and, true. and it keeps you on a schedule too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I even have a touch screen in my kitchen and it shows me my calendar on there. Um, it's, it's really fun. Cause I also like when I'm cooking, you know, and I've got a recipe I'm following and it's like, you need to put in like four ounces of olive oil. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know how much that is. So then I'm just like echo, uh, how much is like, how many ounces are in a cup? Right. And then it'll tell me the conversion and, um, it, it'll, I'll say, you know, show me a recipe for jerk chicken. Cause my, my nephew loves jerk chicken. So I'll just, and then it'll just pop up and show me the ingredients that I need for it. So, um, it's, it's really convenient to have in the kitchen or somebody's like, you know, the, the capital of, of this country is this. And then another person's like, no, I don't think it is. And then you just go echo what's the capital of Czechoslovakia or whatever. Right. And you can, sort of end arguments that way as well. It's uh, it's fun. It's a good way to keep the peace, for sure. Yeah. Or the sport of uh, bait, for sure. But Andrew, as you, uh, as you know, Bonnie, we're both Canadian, and we just finished celebrating Canada Day. So tell me, what makes you most proud to be Canadian, Bonnie? Well, um, I would say where where i went for canada day definitely has something to do with um being proud to be canadian and i i would say um i, I went so i went up to lake campground which is up by bancroft okay and one of the things that i absolutely love and it continues to surprise me and um keeps me falling in love with canada over and over again is the natural beauty that this country has available to it um I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of people getting outside in nature as much as possible. And Canada has, I was saying this weekend, I think Ontario has some of the most beautiful forests that I've ever been in in my life and beautiful lakes. And uh, that's one of the things I, I love about Canada so much. Like whenever I travel to other countries, I'm just like, you know, the lakes and the forests that are available to us in Ontario are, are unparalleled from anywhere that I've been. And um I just love that that freedom is available to me to go and do that. You know, I've, my, my family's been in Canada since like the 1800s. I've, I've, my, I've got French Canadian heritage and, and I love that, um, you know, I've got a long history in this country and I love that, uh, you know, everybody has the freedom to just go camp at a beautiful place like Silent Lake Provincial Park and, and bask in some of the most amazing nature that's available in the world. That's something that I really, truly love about Canada. Yeah, there, there's nothing uh, like being authentically Canadian, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And Andrew, when you're not building smart homes, buddy, what do you like to do for fun? Yeah, so I love being in the outdoors. I, I like to camp. I like to ski. Uh, I do hiking and mountaineering as a hobby as well. Um, I'm going to go this August to climb the highest mountain on Vancouver Island. So that's a cool hobby that I have. Oh, that and, sounds fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then I've, I've got a little cat named Luna who's five months old and she's, uh, she's keeping me busy. She's, she's, I actually bring her with me when I go camping. So she's, she's lots of fun. She's gotten into it as well. And, um, other than that, I like spending time with my friends and family and, and, uh, you know, I play a little bit of guitar sometimes and, and, um, you know, just trying to, just trying to be, uh, the best version of myself that I can possibly be. And, uh, you know, always looking for ways to improve myself and to know myself better. And, uh, I think really just being present to the fact that this life is beautiful and short and, and I want to live it to the fullest as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like maximizing the moment, right? Yeah, man, for sure. Absolutely. And ever tell me, oh, when you look at the future of smart, smart folks, how do you think it'll evolve a moving forward? Yeah, like, so I think by the end of the decade, I think every home in Canada will have, have a smart home device in it, whether it's just a smart doorbell or something small like that. I think everybody's going to have one eventually. And it's going to become more and more a part of our lives. But my hope is that this just doesn't become some commodity that people buy, uh, like headphones. You know, I, I hope it actually is something that is actually used to make homes more efficient and sustainable and better on the planet. Um, like automation systems could be used for powerful things like controlling, you know, how much water our home is using or, uh, you know, I, I think our homes need to shift into something kind of like what, uh, and you know, my, what I like to say is like, we need to have homes like they would put on Mars where it's like a self-sufficient, self-sustaining unit where it can grow some food. It can, um, provide us with, with power from the sun. Um, it's able to recycle, uh, gray water. It's able to, um, you know, uh, keep us, keep us fit and healthy. You know, um, I think homes need to kind of be designed in a way that, that, um, serves us living healthy, happy lives. And, uh, I'm hoping that smart home technology can be, um, pushed in that direction and to help make that transition easier for us. Um, you know, during COVID, I put a gym in my living room and I took my couch out of my living room and, and uh, I was I was like kind of worried at first, but um, I didn't miss my couch at all. I actually loved having this open space with a with a squat rack and some weights and stuff in my living room because it it uh, it just changed the concept of what a home can be for me. And I realized that um, my the rooms in my home need to encourage me to be the kind of person that I want to be. And I and I thought that was a a different take on, on living in a home. And I think that smart home technology can, um, you know, not only make our lives convenient, but also reduce uh, humanity's impact on the planet. So. Keeps you motivated, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And, and since you brought that up, I'm just curious to follow up of how many people ask you to put sort of a smart home gym in their homes and what does that entail, buddy? I'm fascinated to, to find out. Yeah. So, I mean, we have done a lot of homes with gyms and typically what we're doing in there is we're just doing like a good sound system. So it has like ceiling speakers in the gym so that people can listen to good music. And, um, and then we'll do a TV on the wall to maybe have, so that they can have their like workout program on there. Um, and 
you know, it's, I, I like to have spaces that are functional and, and um, you know, one of the things that I think is going to change is like the idea of a home theater where people just have a room with couches and a big screen on it. I think, I think that idea is a bit archaic and, and we should sort of change it to a room that's like got a projector on the wall um, with a big screen. And then you actually have like modular furniture and, um, the ability to make the room super comfortable to sit in, but it also doubles as like a yoga studio or like a little Zen den gym or something like that. Um, I think that to me is the future of a space like that. I think the idea of heating and cooling a room with just some couches in it that you only maybe use once a week or once a month is a bit silly. I think we need to kind of merge the idea of a home theater and a gym into one. Price for use, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And my final question for you today, Andrew, has to do with your own individual and personal and professional legacy, Bonnie. And if they make your life into a movie, what do you think the main plot line would be, Bonnie? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I would say um, it would be about uh, a man who um you know had some some of his own struggles and uh he did he did what he could to um overcome them and to know himself better so that he could um you know he have a legacy and make an impact on the world like i think um i want the world to be better because i was alive I want the world to be a better place because of that. So I think, I think, you know, um, I started doing self-development work at around 30. And I think the more I know myself, the more I have been able to accomplish and to, you know, be of service to myself and others. So I think um, the plot line would just be about like the struggle of human existence and, and self-awareness and, um, you know, I'd like to be known as a man who um, was compassionate and loving and who was a great adventurer, who took risks, um, who loved deeply and, and was someone who, um, you know, made, made uh, the world a better place uh, so that, you know, when he was gone, he was missed. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, tell me if people want to get connected with Uplink or you personally, buddy. What's the best way they can do that? Yeah, so I would say probably the best way is if you go to our website, it's uh, uplink.ca. That's U-P-L-Y-N-K.ca. Um, we've got all of our contact info on there. And if you want to send me an email directly, it's Andrew at uplink.ca. Uh, that'd probably be the best way to get in touch. Well, Andrew, I have to tell you that uh, having you on the program today was the highlight of my afternoon, buddy. So I want to thank you for engaging in conversation with me all about your expertise about uh, smart homes and a little bit about your love and passion to be Canadian, buddy. Your work in the space and time on my behalf is most appreciated. And I want to thank you for being here this afternoon. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. I, I appreciate you having me on your show, dude. Thanks so much.